You're listening to Sports Crescent Welcome back. It's the guys with the faces for radio and the voices for a silent movie. This is Sports and More with Chris and Tom. I am Chris. And I am Tom, and we really do have a good show for you. I know I say that every time, but we've got a special one for you today. Chris, what do we got for him? We have a MLB draft, our draft update, and we have the postseason preview show with our good friend, Mr. Aaron Schneider, who was the fanatic to send us our first email. So that's his prize for getting us our first email, which is fantastic. So, yeah, we're happy to have him here, and um, we'll introduce him again before we get into the MLB postseason preview um, for the year. Um, but also, uh, besides that, we're going to have a little bit of uh, rapid-fire NFL updates, just uh, you know, high-level stories from the week. Um, and then I get to give a victory speech. And yeah. You know, I'll yeah. save my gloating for later, but you know, it feels pretty good, I'm just going to say. I, I can't remember. Did you go five and zero, or was it two and one? I can't remember. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter if you win by a quarter inch or a quarter mile. A win's a win, man. All right, I guess I get that out there. So our MLB draft update. We're doing this a little bit differently because we're going to see the stage for when we go into the preview with 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 Aaron. Um, but so our draft update, Tom. How are your picks looking, buddy? Well, I can tell you how your picks are doing. You just got another one last night. Hey, hey go with you your picks, man. I want to save my gloating for my picks. You you can talk about your picks. Fine. Nothing has changed with my picks, and that's the problem, is my, my Cubs, as much as I didn't want to see it, that was a bittersweet series. They dropped three to the Pirates. Yeah, it was bad. Which, is, which was great for another reason that Chris gets to gloat about. But, you know, Cubs are still the top, the NL Central, which is in my favor, and that's all I have going for me because my boy Luke Voigt, Hit a, hit a plateau, hasn't hit any more dingers, and so he's still stuck at 21 with two games left. So, I mean, if he can pull four more homers out of wherever he pulls them from, then, um, you know, <laughs> that's going to help a lot. But he's got about 48 hours to do that. Yeah, uh, he's, on pace for, he's on pace for 22 home runs with eight play appearances left, giving a yeah, projection. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> how about that picture hitting a dh how's that working out sir oh wonderfully i mean they're <laughs> they're staying very comfortable on the bench in those situations so um i'd say unless we see the cubs get up by 10 on the socks again tonight we're not going to see that yeah. um so yeah it's um it's not going well but chris why don't you tell them why i'm not so happy about that well you see why he's not so happy as you all know, Lucas Giolito and Alec must have thrown no hitters. That's one point for me. Uh, the Astros, or the Cheaters, as I like to call them, were not beamed 30 times in 30 games, which was unfortunate. But the Pittsburgh Pirates, who just absolutely suck, lost to the Cleveland Indians last night to lose their 40th game, which means I've gone two for three, and Tom is stuck at one for three, which means he is on pace to give a five-minute speech next week about how wonderful the Green Bay football team is, which is glorious for me and sucks to be you. It has to be next week. I can't, like, you know, gear up for it and mentally prepare a bit longer. 
you got so next week. this point, I was kind of banking on Luke Voigt helping me out, and then we have to get this thing together. You have until su- the last game is on Sunday, so which means we will know by Sunday that you have lost and I have won. <laughs> so that is that going to be your uh, Christmas quote of the week on Monday if if we if we know the final outcome. <laughs> <laughs> I will look up something saying Pittsburgh sucks and just put, blast it because I love the fact they lost 40 games. I want. I was thinking about doing a parody of Cleveland Rocks from the Drew Carey show and just going, Pittsburgh sucks, Pittsburgh sucks, but I decided against it. <laughs> Wise choice, sir. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, okay, so we're, I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm just kind of speechless about this. I, I did pick some pretty dumb ones, but, I mean, it's better than – Choosing, uh, oh, yeah, someone's going to hit uh, 100 RBIs in this year and teams going to win 50 games. So I guess I was kind of stuck with those ones. So regardless, you pick some winners. I did not. Oh, and you also picked some losers um, because that's what got you one. <laughs> Picking the losers is what helped you here. Pick the greatest um, losers of all time. <laughs> anyway. That's where we're at. Chris is up uh, two to one on me, and we'll see in the next couple of days what that does. But anyway, congratulations, Chris. I'm just going to go ahead and say it in advance because uh, at this point I need to start uh, accepting defeat and moving on towards preparing a speech. You never know. Luke Voigt could go off, but hopefully he doesn't. I hope. <laughs> Fans are nuts and don't insane. Cracker Jack say as we've said for several weeks, we're going to have a special guest for this episode. That's right. So this is his reward for being our first fanatic to send us an email. So allow me to introduce to you my first roommate in college and good friend, a baseball and college sports fanatic, Aaron Jawa Schneider. Welcome to the show, Aaron. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm feeling fantastic. The Pirates lost, so I'm, everything's good to go on my end. I mean, yeah, you can kind Pirates of hear that and, was, uh, not uh, loving that, but happy to have you on the call. And Pirates fans are thrilled for the tanking for Kumar Rocker being a success. <laughs> <laughs> At least one team we know tanked successfully. The Jaguars didn't do so, but we'll see how that goes in the, in the NFL. But we didn't give you guys a standings update, so I should do that for you guys so you know where we're standing right now. We have the Rays in first in the AL East, and they have clinched that division, so they will be holding that that uh, one seed as well. They have the one seed clinch as well. The Twins are currently up a game on the White Sox and the Indians in the Central, so that division still up for grabs. The A's have one, clinched the West, and the, I believe they're just fighting for the two seed right now, so that's good. But the Cheaters are still in second place and will be a playoff team this year, which sucks for all baseball fans. In the NL East, we have the Braves holding the one clinching the division and are on pace to win the two seed if they win a game, I believe. Essentially, is all they need to do. The Cubs, as Tom alluded to, are the going to win the Central, essentially. It's not confirmed yet because the Angels could still clinch it if they win out and the Cubs lose out, but it's pretty much guaranteed at this point. And then in the NL West, the Dodgers, the best team in baseball, at this point, 41 and 17, kicking names. Well, kicking butt. Kicking names. I, was going, I was going somewhere else. That was a bad I was going with the Mantis from Avengers, but that was bad. But, yeah, the Dodgers are kicking everyone's tails in. And the Padres, who are probably the second-best team in the NL, 
are in second place and have clinched the four seed. So that's where we are, boys. What do you guys think so far? We we still have some interesting things, not necessarily in terms of the who's going to make the playoffs, more so the uh, the oddities of the seeding, yep. where you're getting the advantages from having the having the number one division winners and the all getting the one through three, yep. and then all of the two seeds getting the four through six, and then yep. the two wild cards, which by the way is the way you should have to do it because. You are playing it. You are playing in a pool. There's, it's not apples to apples in terms of your wins loss record. So it's not like, it's not like you can say this team is, has 35 wins in one division. This team has 33 in another division. So clearly that one's better than the other. That's not the case. Right, because in the central divisions you had to play the Pittsburgh Pirates, and that's a lot of wins going your way. <laughs> Exactly. Going 8-0 in the Sun Belt is not as good as going 7-1 and in the SEC. Agreed. That's a fair Wonderful point, Mr. Gallo. So, here are some postseason seedings based on the standings as of 145 today, Saturday, September 25th. The Rays are the one seed in the AL, and I believe that's clinched. The A's are the two seed, Twins are the three seed, White Sox are the four because they're currently second in the Central, but they're tied with the Indians. Uh, the Yankees have the five. Astros have the six, Indians are at seven, and Blue Jays are at eight. And it really sucks for the Indians right now because they could wind up being the seventh seed when they really should be the sixth seed because the Astros are the wor- are the worst of those teams. But like Jawa said, it's, it's fair that the second seed, the second place division winners do get a higher seed. So I will say I will respond to this right away. The um, as far as that AL Central, we have the the twins with 35 wins and then the Indians and the white Sox tied at 34. I don't think the Indians are going to be a seven because they have to, because their last two games are against the pirates. Correct. We got the, the white Sox have to play the Cubs and the twins have to play. I think the reds, is that correct? I believe so. I would have to check. So I think, so I think as far as the AL Central, I think the Twins and the White Sox split the final two games while the Indians win both. So your tie is going to be the Twins-Indians for the division lead while the White Sox get the seven. That would suck for Chicago because I know I was just visiting uh, family when I visited Tom last week, and they were, mm-hmm. we were all talking about how we have a Cubs-White Sox World Series, which is just Chicago delusion on our part, but it would be cool to see. The city of Chicago also thought that they were going to have a, a legitimate chance at hosting um, <laughs> the postseason um, instead of Texas or California, you know, that have nice weather in November. Chicago. Uh, so I think that just kind of, you know, falls in line with the, the general uh, Chicago uh, illusion and, and love for their team blindly following, uh, as we did for many years, Chris, prior to 2016. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, but anyway, regardless of that, I, I think that um, you know you're right. That the next couple of games can really shift that AL Central outlook, which in turn will change around the AL look for the entire playoffs, not just in the Central Division. So um, today and tomorrow really are going to be some key games for for those borderline teams that could be six or seven, and we could see a flip real easily. Yeah, and the NL is uh, even crazier, some would say, because you have the Dodgers one seed that's guaranteed. 
The Braves are currently the two seed. If they win a game or the Cubs lose a game, they if the Cubs lose one game this weekend, it's over. The Braves win one game, they have the two seed. Cubs are the three seed. They just need to win a game, I believe, against the White Sox or the Cardinals have to lose a game and they're they win the Central. Padres have clinched the four seed. The Cardinals are currently the five seed, though they could drop out of the playoffs entirely. I'll let Jawa explain that one if he wants to. The Marlins are the sixth seed. The Reds are the seventh seed, which could go up to the five seed based on what the Cardinals do this weekend. And the Giants are the eighth seed, but they could fall out based on how they play the next couple of games. I mean, Jawa, this is some messed up NL seedings right now based on what's left to go. Yeah, I was I was bewildered trying to figure out trying to anticipate where everybody's going to fall in line after the end of the weekend. Yeah, it's it's ironic that the Cardinals, a five seed, could fall out if they have a horrible weekend. And Tom, which we would love that as Cubs fans if the Cardinals just missed the playoffs entirely. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I have a lot of friends back in Springfield that I, you know, I would love to have that be a topic of conversation. So how about those Cardinals? Oh, wait. <laughs> um, I especially have a... Uh, a teacher who I don't know if she listening, listens to these or not, but an old high school teacher who um, is a very outspoken Cardinals fan, and, and every win she makes a big deal of it on Facebook. And so uh, that would be my chance. <laughs> and all of my small market teams that refuse to spend money are all going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> Just fantastic. I know you love yep. the Mars, you love the A's, uh, and the Rays. I forgot, I almost forgot mm, the Rays. Yep. You love the Rays. Mm -hmm. But but particularly the A's and the Marlins, where the A's the A's have been my more longtime favorite, while the Marlins are probably the one I probably follow the most currently. But I mean, but I've but those two I've liked both for a long time. Mm -hmm. Do you sell that Devil Race T-shirt before they change the name to be more politically correct? I have I do have them though though they though it doesn't fit. <laughs> uh, that's okay. As long as you still have one, I just wanted to hear that we still have Devil Rays merchandise in circulation somewhere. It's still out there. <laughs> and it was, um, it was, and this is the, and this is one that this was a 1998 design. Oh, this is for, oh, this wow. is before. <laughs> this is where they had the purple in their logo yeah. as well. Oh, it was, oh, yeah. Um, right yeah. So definitely, so definitely old school there. You need to hold on to awesome. that and keep them safe and healthy because those are antiques now. We and they could bring you a lot of money somewhere down the road that you have some antique devil devil race stuff. And I also have a 1997 Florida Marlins World Series champions t-shirt. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that's old school. That's with all you the got some good memorabilia there. That's, that's mm -hmm. the old green and gray pinstripe stuff. That's old school, man. Yep. All right. But the playoffs are if an 18 playoff wasn't strange enough is even stranger given that the wildcard games will be hosted by the higher seed for all three games if they happen, followed by a travel to the bubble with AL teams going to Los Angeles and San Diego and the National League teams going to uh, Houston and Arlington for their games. And it's just going to be weird knowing that the teams aren't doing a whole lot of traveling and the fact that there are no days off in the series when you get so the wildcard teams will play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, given whoever starts. And then the division series and league championship series just go boom, 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 boom until we get to the World Series and we have our normal two games break, three games break, two games. It's just wild to think about, you guys. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of that is, like you said, because 
<clears throat> excuse me, aside from the travel to the bubble, there's no travel days. And so you don't have that normal extra day of rest built in anymore, um, which I think is really going to show for those, those teams with short staffs, on, or short, excuse me, short pitching staffs um, in the postseason. Like you and I mentioned before, uh, Chris, that the, the Indians like to do that. They like to run a, a three to four man um, pitching staff before, whether it was due to injuries or um, what have you, but they've run a three to four man rotation before because they knew they could maybe run on four days rest or they could maybe go um, an extra outing on three days rest. But now, you know, going with three guys, you know, that only gives you two days in between. So you really have to um, select your pitching staff well, because not saying that pitching is going to win it, but it certainly could lose it if you're um, putting your guys out there when they're not well rested. Right. And I think it's funny that the Dodgers, who are the one seed in the NL, will be traveling to Texas for home games when the AL will be playing games in their stadium, which I think is I have to, <laughs> to think about. Well, that was done on purpose, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think the world's I think the World Series is going to be played in the Texas Rangers new stadium, which is being put to fantastic use by the Rangers being an absolute tra- donkey of a franchise right now. Is, they had to they had to get more use out of it, knowing that they weren't going to make it this year, so. Yeah. You got that brand new stadium. You got to put it to use somehow. Yeah. Even a, though it looks a, like a high school basketball gym. Very nice barnyard. <laughs> Al's toy barn. That was my go. favorite. That was my favorite. That's it. There you go. The job will come in with all the meat. I'm gonna laugh. I love it. I love it. So. Jawa, based on the wackiness of the season and the wackiness of the postseason, what teams do you think are going to do well under these crazy circumstances? Um, let's see. I, I mean, I got my favorites. I got one more thing on the end of the regular season. Oh, I, I want to address that 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 needs to be covered. So on the AL, you have the two and the you you have the battle between the two and the three C. When I say battle, meaning meaning you want to get the three C. Yeah. And I'll and and. Let me explain given the bracket structure. Yeah. So you got your three division winners, one, two, three. So that means your worst division winner is going to be be the three seed. Now your two seeds are going to be the four through six, be, having your worst number two playing the number six seed. Now, the of course, of course, in an 18 bracket, a three plays a six. So in this, so so, like I said, you can't necessarily compare record to record, but if you look at your rosters, clearly in the American League, the eighth best team is the Houston Astros. I mean Astros. Um, <laughs> but so, so there's going to be a big difference whether the two seeds can be playing the third best team in the AL Central, which I think I think getting third in that division is probably going to be the White Sox, as opposed to the Astros. Big difference there. Oh, absolutely. That's a huge difference. So based on that, what do you think, who do you think is going to do well in this bubble type situation? So we, so I'll work through my, um, so I think, I think Houston or Houston and Toronto are going to lose to whoever they, uh, whoever they face. You've got, you've got four comparable team. Well, we've got three comparable teams between the twins, Indians and, um, Yankees in in kind of the three through five. I'm actually down on Oakland, and I think, um, and I think even with the division, it's 
Matt losing Matt Chapman's a game changer. Without 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 them, they're they're off. They're an offensive team that where Chapman was their best player. Their offense wasn't the same. Um, Chris Bassett's been their only really high level starter. They do have a really good bullpen in um, Liam Hendricks, use Merrill Pettit. But I, um, but like I said, that's gonna uh, where they fall is gonna be a big place because I think if they if they get the three and they face the Astros, they're gonna have no problem advancing to the next round. But virtually anybody else that they could go against. Because because if they if they don't get the Astros, they're either going to get the Indians or the White Sox. I think both of them are going to take them down. But in the American League, my two favorites are the um, Rays and the White Sox, and I Ooh. think the White Sox are going to win the AL. Really? And, yep. Wow. So um, though I think the Rays could give them a chance, the Rays are going to be good because they have they have three really good starters yep. and. Snell, Glass, now, and Josh Fleming is a is a rookie who's been excelling, yep. and then Charlie Morton he hasn't done as well this year, but he's but he's had years where he's had ace level stuff, and he's and in the bullpen they've got they've got about ten good arms in the bullpen, and then throw in maybe five consistent hitters, none of them really stars or anything, but they've had that. But I think the White Sox are your, going to be your most rounded team. You've got Dallas Keuchel, uh, Lucas Giolito uh, for sure, and then Dane Dunning has had a um, stellar rookie season. If they And they'll be even more dangerous when they the White Sox realize that he should be their three instead of Dylan Cease. And, and then last night, you know, it kind of showed that well as you know. Also, is Cease did not perform well last night, um, and that's an understatement. Um, and I know that's one game out of you know sixty or fifty-eight or however many they've played. Um, but late in the season, those kind of performances stick out in your mind when you're determining what your rotation is going to be. And in the start, before he gave up the eight free passes in three innings. Oof. Yeah, yeah. First time I'd seen when the, when the White Sox are playing the Reds, it was Dane or sorry, it was Dylan Cease and somebody else, where the Reds had ten base runners before they got their first hit, and they got their and they got and they got their first when they got their first hit, it made the game five to nothing. But <laughs> but but I'm getting sidetracked though. I'm trying to explain why the White Sox are going to be in the pennant. Or win the pennant on the AL side. You've got who I think, um, who I think is the clear MVP in Jose Abreu. Then you throw in, um, then you've got Tim. A so Jose Abreu, he's hitting three nineteen with nineteen overs. Yep. Then you throw in Tim Anderson, who's hitting three thirty seven. Then Loy Jimenez is doing well. Then you throw in guys like Nick Madrigal, Luis Robert, and um, you're going to be a, you're going to be a good team. They're they're the team. They're the most complete, and I think um, they're the most complete. I think the White Sox pitching is good enough where their offense is going to propel them past the Rays, despite the Rays' good pitching. Interesting, because I had the Rays as one of my top two teams. I thought coming out of the AL, because I thought okay, hitting isn't like I don't see a star on their offense, but I know that their pitching is good enough to win them games, which could be the difference. But the postseason tends to skew 
offense in some series because we see some series where the teams are going like 10, 11 runs and it's just a, is a shootout. So that could hurt the Rays. And I also thought the Indians might make a run because yes, they don't have Mike Clevenger, but Shane Bieber, Carlos Carrasco and Zach Plezak are still fantastic starters and they could win a series just with those three arms going a couple games each to extend a, a series and maybe go deep, but that would be a tight series for them. And I think that, um, you know, going back to what I said before, three arms to, to lean on 100%. You, in this type of a situation with no extra rest, you, you'd want a fourth, but you're right in that those are their three best arms and they want them doing the majority of the work. Yeah. So that's, again, where the creative roster management is going to come into play. And so that that's where we're going to see uh, quite a bit of difference from prior years is teams are going to have to make quick changes or uh, have short leashes on pitchers if they want them to have more rest. And so it, I think we could see some shorter outings from teams that expect to go longer in the series if they have fewer arms to rely on. For starters, anyway, excuse me. And I think um, looking at the Twins, Indians, and Yankees, where I think they're they're all similar, where they're really good at one and they're they're kind of average on the other, where you got the – where you got the Twins and the Yankees really good offensively, and then you got the Indians who are really good, um, really good pitching. But on the other side, they've got really one difference maker, maybe yeah. two. Agreed. I think the Indians are only averaging four point one four runs per game, which is twenty sixth in the MLB. But they have the best runs allowed per game at three point three six. So they're winning games because of pitching, not because of hitting, which could hurt in the playoffs when hitting tends to open up. For who knows what reason, maybe they're juicing the baseballs. Maybe they're not. <laughs> All, right, All right. So, what do you think about the uh, the NL then? Uh, I, I think we have obviously we talked about a clear number one seed being the Dodgers, but um, just because of the season that they've been having thus far, does that really give, in most people's minds, an automatic um, bid to the World Series, or or who's your winner out of the NL? Well, I, I mean, I'll go out and say that the the winner in the NL, which I have, is the Dodgers, will win the World Series. And let I me agree. let me put or let me put down the note. Let me put explain what I had on my notes for the Dodgers. Everybody's good. That's my notes. <laughs> um, Not wrong. So they so all five of their starters are good between Kershaw, Dustin May, Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin and Walker Bueller. And you're only gonna you're only gonna be throwing four starters in the bullpen, but that's that's another that's another arm you've got in the bullpen. Yeah. And then within their within their starters, you got six hitters who are doing really well. And then your seventh and then you got six hitters doing really well and that doesn't include Cody Bellinger and Max Muncie. So, um, so you're there. I mean, they're by like, they're by far the best team in the league so far. And I think, uh, their challenge, their biggest challenge that have come more out of the NL than the AL. Yeah, I agree that the Dodgers are the best. I have, they're on my short list. And I said, Hmm, Dodgers are someone else on the NL Dodgers, but I would like to make a note. I had a thought about a team. I think I mentioned this to Tom earlier. The San Diego Padres, they remind me of the Cubs circa 2015. They they have that field somewhere. They're the young up-and-comers who I think 
people thought they're gonna be good last year and they weren't, and they shot up and was and were good this year, acquired an ace, and they could surprise teams. Unfortunately for them, I think they get the if they win their series in the wild card round, they get the Dodgers, I believe, in game in round and the division round. Is that what you would be thinking, Jawa? So I so I'm torn between two teams as who I think is the the best bet. One is a safer bet, and one is a uh, is a high risk, high reward. And the safer bet being the Padres. You've got uh, let's see what we got here. We got Chris. Um, we got Mike Clevenger. We got Chris Paddock. Nelson Lamet um, has been doing really well, but he just left his. He just had to leave his start yesterday. So we'll. So that's probably going to carry into that first series, though. I wouldn't. I mean, it's something to look at, but it's not something too serious. Um, on the and then you got about five or six guys that are um, doing well offensively. Manny Machado. Uh, I mean, Tatis gets all the run. Machado's their best hitter. Then you got Will Myers, mm -hmm. um, Fernando Tatis, throw in Jake Cronenworth, yep. Eric Hosmer, even Trent Grisham. So studded there. Um, so now my other one to look at is the is the Atlanta Braves. Yep. If you look at the NL MVP race, I think your top two candidates are both on the Braves. You got Ooh. Freddie Freeman, who's hitting 341 with 13 cool. homers. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> And then Marcelo Zuna, who's hitting 335 with 17 homers. And then that doesn't even account. That doesn't even account for their third best um, hitter, Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, good. So I think I think their Atlanta's lineup, in terms of depth, is actually even better than the Dodgers lineup. But the uh, their their pitching is an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, it, um, is. it hasn't been the same since they lost Mike Soroka. Um, their only con their only consistent starter right now is twenty two year old rookie Ian Anderson. Which I mean, he I mean that's one good, but we'll see how he does in the postseason. Everyone else, he, you you just kind of cross your fingers for that and the bullpen. So I actually. Um, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter just because they're not really going to cross paths in the in the postseason between Atlanta or San Diego. I mean both of, both of them are going to be ch um, challenges in the Dodgers, but I think um, the Dodgers are going to come out better. Yeah, Tom, what what are you thinking? But over there, um, no, I I think I I would agree with. You, Aaron, on, on all of your points, really, I mean, it's like you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, the Dodgers, I think, are, are the safe um, pick for the NL overall, with the Padres and Braves being close behind. Um, I, I think the talent is there for both teams offensively. I think, like you said, though, the pitching really favors the Padres for the reasons that you stated. So I think when we see that Dodgers Padres matchup, which we're actually, which we're hoping to see, um, I think that is, I'd say the winner of that matchup um, takes the NL. And like we talked about the winner of the NL, I honestly think is going to take the world series. So I'd say whoever wins between Dodgers and Padres is my pick to win the world series. Yeah, this is the case where it's unfortunate that the Padres are the four seed and had a good season because the other team that had a good season were the Dodgers who had the one seed. So I was like, well. Well, all right. So let me just say something about the, the Dodgers quick. They're out to prove something this year. 
the, the whole Houston asterisk thing, they were pissed. And so this is this is their their avenging year. But you know, the the way that they played, can they keep that that up in the playoffs? Sure, they might might be able to, but we don't know. So that sorry, that's I just had to say that you know, they're in a tear this year and they're looking to prove something. But um, the Padres are the Dodgers and Padres are in a very strong um, race right now, and so I, I think that you know that is going to be a heavy matchup. Um, and I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, go ahead. I was. On. I think I think I put my I put a slight ranking of Braves over Padres just be, so kind of on this stat alone. The Braves have. In terms of OPS leaders, the Brave in the OPS leaders in the major leagues, the Braves have three of the top five. Oh, that'll oh, wow. do it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you I don't win so games by getting runs. You win I games by getting hits. So. <laughs> I liked so I like the Braves a little bit better that way, but I know the Braves' ability to implode. So <laughs> so we'll see on that. As, Sorry to interrupt you there, Chris. You can go ahead. I just had to add a thought there. As one Don Gillingham, uh, former head of baseball and executive director at Walter Lutheran High School, once said, you don't win games playing defense. You win games scoring runs. So if you score runs, you're going to win the game. <laughs> defense doesn't mean a thing if you don't get anything on the board. Yeah. If you win the game, it doesn't matter if you win one nothing or you win 10 to 9. You have to score more runs than the other team. That's how that works in sports. So. Ironically, Walter won a lot of games, winning games nine to seven because we defense was not high on our uh, focus in practice. <laughs> but, but, Jawa, can you give us some Cubs fans some hope? Because Tom and I, as you know, are diehard Cubs fans, and I just see the Cubs as a team that might win the wild card round and they get kicked out by the Braves because that offense goes from good to bad and from great to just butt ugly on a whim and it's hard to say what is going to happen for the cubbies. Like, so the, so the Cubs, they're like, they're, they're consistent enough where they'll, they'll win probably who they play. Yeah. The, the team they don't want to play is the reds. That's yes. it. That's your sleeper. But if they're, if they're playing anybody else, it's pretty much a lock that they'll go into the, go into the first round. As far as the, as far as the Braves, it's all. It all depends on. It pretty much depends on whether the Braves decide to implode or not. Okay, so they're saying the Cubs have a, the Cubs have a chance if the Braves implode on themselves and we don't get the Reds. Yeah, and, I, and, even, and I'd still probably, I'd still probably take the Cubs over the Reds, though the Reds are somebody you have to worry about. So if you look at the, if you look at the two teams, the. My my pick to win the Cy Young is Hugh Darvish, yeah. and um, they got a couple more good arms and Kyle Hendricks and Alec Mills. Yeah, Mills um, but like, but that offense is is questionable. Yeah. When J Jason Hayward, I have is the best hitter. Agrees, and that's Which is not good. Not good. <laughs> Because you have Javier Baez and Chris Bryant on your team, and Hayward's your best hitter, we have problems in in Chi Town right now. So, thanks for giving us some hope. And the the Reds are dangerous because you got um, you got Trevor Bauer Bauer yep. who's been excellent. Yep. Luis Castillo, really good number two, and then Sonny Gray who's really good for a number three. Um, interesting, interesting enough, the Reds have the 
have the low have, they're tied for the lowest batting average in the modern era. Wow. Their, their team batting <laughs> average, their team batting average is 211. Yet, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Are you but, I didn't realize that. but in terms of OPS, they're actually middle of the pack, and you know that they've got they've got some they've got some power hitters. Yeah to worry about. You got uh, Moustakas, Castellanos, Vado, Jesse Winker. So, I mean, they're, they're definitely not a team to sleep on. They can, um, if they're, they're somebody who could steal a series. Yeah. I wish we had Nick the stick in Chicago still because he was a double machine and we could have used his offensive help this season, but them's the breaks when you don't want to spend money. Mm -hmm. Looking at you. <laughs> Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein. Well, Mr. Schneider, we appreciate you coming on. Um, do you have any other, any last parting words for us? I think okay, you I want to talk really about uh, thorough rundown. So uh, we appreciate every everything you've given us today. I've got, I've, I want to talk a little tidbits on my Marlins. Go ahead. All right. So, <laughs> if you know, so coming into this year, the Marlins have um, had two postseason appearances. And those, yeah. those po and those postseason appearances didn't were not a result of division titles, but yeah. they were, but they did lead to World Series rings. Mm -hmm. So not only not only did they win a World Series every time they made the playoffs, they did it without making the division. While um, they're keeping their streak going, where make third consecutive playoff appearance without um, without winning their division. You know, with the expanded postseason, their World Series streak is in jeopardy. So, but but if they don't win the World Series, I um, of course, as a Marlins fan, I'm going to say put an Astro on it. I mean, asterisk. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Which is unfortunate. I'm looking at the standings right now. The Cubs will play the Marlins, and that brings back horrible, horrible memories <laughs> for me. I remember crying myself to sleep after Game Six and the Cubs losing. I was in four, I think it was fourth grade. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we were in fourth grade at the time. And I cried myself to sleep after the Cubs lost the game. I was so distraught because, like, you knew it was over after the lost game six. It was so sad. I was so sad. I was thrilled, obviously. obviously. And interesting enough, and so in the division series that year, it, the Marlins, so the Marlins Giants, so they they scored on a they scored on a walk off to win the divisional series. When I was when I was watching that, uh, I didn't real. I thought it was the seventh inning. I didn't realize the game was over when they won. Yeah, it was. I remember seeing that on ESPN afterwards. Like, oh my gosh, the Marlins upset the Giants and went on a walk off. Holy Toledo! What happened? <laughs> what, the, what the f happened? <laughs> and then the Cubs, the Cubs with all this talent, Sosa, Alou, Greg Zolana, Kenny Lofton, Ramos Ramirez. We can't win the. We can't win. Three games in Chicago? What's wrong with us? And then we did. And then after that, we did exactly what we did in 1997 and blew up our roster entirely. Yeah. Well, money's a problem in, in Florida slash Miami, and no one knows. It's probably because no one shows up to the games, which is obviously the teams are, tend to be pretty good at times. Right. That Starling Marte, though, love that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's a good player. I'm glad he's not longer Pittsburgh. It helped them get to 40 losses. Yeah, that wouldn't have helped your case this year, Chris. Oh, he's a good player. I, I always liked him. Sad the Cubs couldn't get him in the offseason. 
But anyway, thank you again, Master Jawa. You're you are yes. a fountain of baseball knowledge. I remember our talks in college about baseball, and you knew way more details than I knew. And I played baseball for 14 years, but you followed it so much closer than I did. I just follow my cubbies, and that's about it usually. So I'm surprised to hear about the um, you bringing up the Cabrera Trout rant. I don't re so surprised. I don't remember that at all. Though though it's. It sounds like something I would do, though I don't remember it. But yeah, I, yeah. but in the contrary, what I might have said then, obviously Cabrera is the MVP. It's a triple crown. Exactly. Yeah, that's what you – I think that's what you said, but you were like so ticked that Trout, who had the war, clearly over Cabrera, did not win the MVP, and it, and it wasn't even close to the MVP voting. I think that's why you ticked you off. Hmm. That it wasn't even a close MVP vote. Yeah. I mean, clearly that's not how I feel today. I, exactly. <laughs> right, but I remember it. I remember that debate very well. I'm like, it's going to be Cabrera. He hit the triple crown. There's no way else around it. Unfortunate as it is, there's no way around that. Yeah. Um, I've I've soured away from war. Like the, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. The second best shortstop in terms of war um, for that year was Andrelton Simmons. Oh, no, he wasn't saying about shortstop last season. <laughs> no way, Jose. But that's the flaws in war. Yeah, thank you for that. That's, that's another nugget I'll keep for. Whenever I look up advanced stats, I'll say war, and I'll ignore from now on. <laughs> ignore the war. Ignore the war. Thank you, Mr. Jawa, and you thank have you, a sir. fantastic weekend, and you should see this podcast up later tonight if I have time to edit because uh, the wall deck's coming over to visit, so – Oh, shenanigans so i apologize if i'm linking this up for you guys okay so you um are you guys planning to construct any railroad tycoons no 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 <laughs> i'm not going millions of them in the 1920s i gotta oh, say geez. i i'm always i'm i always enjoy hearing the list of sponsorships um on the podcast um it's like you could get you could you could land that sponsor, but that would probably that would probably negatively impact your product. That so that awesome. would <laughs> might not get the. Uh, the it's a sponsorship that you'd be paying uh, them. That you expect, yeah. yeah, we'd be paying them money for them to sponsor us. That would be a bad idea. <laughs> it's a sponsorship. You're out there. We're a great business opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, have a All good right. Evening. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on and uh, take care. All right. Hopefully, we can do this again. All right. All right. And now, Tom, after Java gives an epic, great discussion in the postseason, going into great detail, it's time now for NFL Rapid Fire Update. What's this going to be like, Tom? Quick reactions to some of what we think are the top stories coming out of uh, this week of football um, or going into this week of football as well. And um, it's, it's just going to be kind of like a, here's the storyline, your reaction, my reaction, Chris, and then we'll move on to the next, almost like a two minute drill. Oh, is that from a uh, show on TV that we have this idea from? I believe pardon the interruption is what came to, to yeah. mind. Not to, not to a T, but you know, <laughs> uh, relatively close. We're, we're going to try to, just have a quick response to a, a series of, of things. It's all related to the NFL, though, not like uh, PTI, where, where they go over a lot of things and they have happy trails and happy birthdays and all those things. We're just yeah. going to kind of say, here's a reaction to what happened. 
All right, so the first thing, Tyrod Taylor out due to a painkiller injection that punctured his lung and will likely miss four to six weeks. What the actual heck is going on in San in Los Angeles? Sorry, I almost said San Diego. I, I wanted to pound my head against my desk when I saw that because I'm like, are you serious? The team doctor, the man who is in charge of the health and well-being of the Chargers – Punctures a lung of the, the the leader of the offense. I mean, what? How quickly do you think they fired him, um, or will? I mean, well, they got to keep him because someone's got to keep. Uh, they're, investi- they're, they're investigating to see what happened. <laughs> I mean, I t- to a degree, I understand that's a hard area to give a uh, or painkiller injection or a cortisone shot or whatever for the cracked rib. Um, it's not like you're, you know, a, a wrist or a uh, an ankle or something, but still, you got to know you're going in too far when you're dealing with the ribs and the lungs and the heart. Like, imagine if that was like a little, you know, in the center of his chest and the the crack was over on that area. He might have hit his heart. Yeah. We would have no Tyrod Taylor if that was the case. I mean, this is this is borderline uh, malpractice. Yeah, I remember the Pat McAfee show. Pat McAfee talked about how a lot of these NFL doctors are like these high uppity doctors who have never like given injections or blood tests in like 20 years. So it's like, it's bound to happen. So, well, they're, they're taking an easy day job um, to ease on out into retirement, something that pays really well, but regardless, you got to know when you're hitting alone. Right. Uh, next on the rundown, we've got 49ers complaining about the turf at MetLife stadium causing injuries, fair or foul, Chris. I think we almost should change the in or out due to injury-related issues <laughs> because Jimmy Garoppolo out, George Killa out. Maybe they have something. I know being a Bears fan, our turf is the absolute – our field is the absolute worst in the NFL for a grass field. It's a dumpster fire because it's run by the Chicago Park District. Yes, I rant about the TPD <laughs> because they suck at their jobs. They maintain Soldier Field, but I think it's somewhat foul because everyone's playing on the same field. It happens. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. You can't blame injuries on simply the turf. There's a lot going on different this year. There's other teams with a lot more injuries than they've seen in the past. So 100% not on the turf. I'm sure it has something to do with it with the lower body injuries, but um, you can't you can't blame your your surroundings for the injuries happening to you and the the hand you've been dealt. You just have to deal with it. All right, and one of the topics you want to discuss very heavily: What do you think of Prime Time Deion Sanders as the head coach of Jackson State? Um, personally, I love it because it put, puts Jackson State on the map um, uh, for me. So Jackson State is one of those teams that playing NCAA 07 um, on the old PS2 when I was growing up, Jackson State was that D-minus team that they had ranked um, so that we would put up 100 points on the board playing with Notre Dame back in 07. That's that's where that's how, how bad they were. And I'm not saying, you know, making my judgment of Jackson State 100% off of NCAA. That's just where I remember the name from. But bringing Deion Sanders and the star-studded staff that he's going to bring with him to Jackson State certainly could, um, you know, bring in some more high-level recruits um, that might have gone to other FCSs or to um, even other HBCUs. So I, I think, you know, that's uh, – I think this is only going to do well for the program, um, just from even from a publicity and long-term growth standpoint. I agree with everything you said, but I had to tell you, man, you should know this college as a Bears fan. This was the college that Walter Payton came from. I know. 
greatest bear of all time, man. Come on now. We got to know that college. <laughs> I ought to know it. And, and you're 100% right. So I take back that this isn't putting Jackson State on the map. It's putting it back on the map. Back on the map. It's fallen off for a number of years. Some might even say decades. All right. But now another topic. How long – we talked about the rookies and what we expected from them, but Fitzmagic showed up on Thursday night's game and took out the Jaguars. I'm very happy about that. But uh, <laughs> how long do you think Fitzmagic will hold reasons. off? How do you think Fitzmagic will hold off Tua for the QB position in, down in Miami? I think he just bought himself at least another two weeks by winning this week. Um if he if he had lost this week, he it might have been borderline next week or um, mid game switch with Tua. Um, I think he got himself the next start and possibly even the one after that at least. But we it still wouldn't be out of the question to see Tua this season. Yeah, I think it depends on if they're out of the playoffs by November or not. Because if they're out of the playoffs, you may see Tua go in uh, late in the season because I believe that mm-hmm. they, they have a stretch in November where they play the Jets, get a bye week. And get the Jets again, so they get three bye weeks essentially in a row because they you might as the well Jets put in Tua. So you might as well put Tua in against the Jets and see what he can do. I mean, you might might as well put me in at that point if you're playing the Jets bye week and the Jets. I mean, shoot. All right, Bears are interested in defensive defensive tackle Damon Harrison Senior. Should the Bears sign him, Chris? Yes, 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 yes. I've been. Want to shout this to the moon that they need to sign him ever since Eddie Goldman said he was going to miss the season due to the coronavirus because that Bears old D line has been atrocious against the run. It has looked pathetic, it has looked horrible, and is an insult to Bears defensive lines. And they need him badly. Yes, he's like a billion years old in NFL standards. Yes, he has no practice, but come on, he's got to do. He can be better than nothing. I agree, and right now, uh, I mean, you might you might even say that they don't have much at all, um, not not nothing, but next to it. So I think adding a guy like this who can really put a push up front is is only going to help them. I mean, that's all we can hope for because we need to stop the run because that way we can force the Evil Green Yellow team to be one dimensional, which could help us beat them in games. But yeah, oh, that deep, that rush defense has looked awful, and I'm insulted that they are called a Bears defense at this point in time. So we'll see. We'll give an update if we uh, hear anything more about it. Um, next, NFL injuries. So I'll give a rundown of the injuries that we've seen. Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs out. Green Bay, uh, Devontae Adams, their number one wideout, doubtful. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas out. You just told me before this, Christian McCaffrey out. Is no preseason football to blame? It may not be preseason football. It may be just the shorter practice time. I think preseason football helps. A lot of coaches don't put the stars in too much anyway, but it does help with banging bodies and running a full base and getting used to being tackled because the NFL has got a bunch of pansiness uh, (laughs) directors because they don't let them tackle in practice. The players have gone soft on us. I mean, you got to have practice and have, make, be, let them tackle because it helps out, as we're seeing now. If people get tackled, and they're just going down with injuries because they're not used to getting hit hard in practice. Right. I, th- I don't think you can blame the preseason here too much, um, especially with Michael Thomas. It was actually a freak accident that happened. He got rolled over um, a high ankle sprain because of that. So you can't b- blame that on um, no preseason football. To a degree, you're right, you know, getting reused to playing football again, getting hit, going down the right way. But 
I mean, th these are guys that have been doing this for a living um, for a long time or have been playing for a long time, even if they're rookies and um, haven't been making a living off of this. They know the right way to get tackled. They know the, the right way to go down. They know when to stop themselves, especially in a season like this, when one injury um, you know, that's stretched over a four to six week period could tank a team. Um, so I think you're right that it's not preseason football that is to blame for this. It's really just oh, – it's, it's, it's the injuries that are, are freak injuries leading to um, guys playing more and they're not used to playing the level of football that they're playing. And so they're wearing themselves down more than they're used to. And so we're seeing that across the board. Um, yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is another one. It's, it's just a hamstring. It's not because he, he could have pulled a hamstring um, with preseason – preseason football. He could have pulled a hamstring in a preseason game if he was playing. Not that he would be going that hard, but these things happen. Injuries happen. And that's why there are team doctors as long as they don't punch your, your lung. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's, that sucks to be Tyra Taylor, but I know that there, we've seen the injuries where Sammy just broke his back, uh, threw his back sneezing. Um, we've had uh, Bears would trip over a dog and, and miss injuries because they tweaked their ankle or something like that. We've seen some eyeball stuff happen. Yeah, let's not forget about Java Chamberlain ending his career by jumping on a trampoline with his kids and uh, literally exploding his ankle. I mean, if they're saying, if you're saying that preseason football is to blame for these injuries, then uh, the spring training is to blame for Java jumping on his uh, trampoline with his kids. So, I mean, I, I don't think you can solely put the blame on no preseason football because like you said, it's really a chance to figure out the lower and the depth charts guys or the guys who are newer to the team. Um, so getting guys warmed up, but we're, we're, we're two games in. Um, yeah. So that, that's your warm up. That's what you All get. Right. One last topic. Cause I just texted this time, like a couple hours ago, the projected salary cap. We told you guys, when we did an NFL preview show, that it could go as well as one seventy-five million for next year. Executives are now expecting that to be the case, which is a twenty-three point two million dollar drop-off in cap space. Who is this? Is this could this be the year of the Jacksonville Jaguars next year? I mean, could that happen? I I mean, it wouldn't be too far off because they don't have to change their lineup that much. They don't have high dollar. Um, salaries coming through the roster right now, whereas um, something somebody like the Saints are $79 million over if they were to, you know, everything were to go into next season as it stands right now, they'd be $79 million over the cap. And in the NFL, you cannot be over the cap. There's no luxury tax. There's not no penalty of that sort. Your penalty is you have to get under at any means necessary. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, we could see some of those lower or mid-ranked teams really shine next year because they're not they, they don't have to change the rosters. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs are over the cap by 10 million, the Eagles are over by 64 million, the Jaguars will be under by 84 million dollars. <laughs> they can buy so, all the players. So the Jaguars could take every bit of salary over the cap from the Saints and still yeah. be under. Pretty much, yeah. They would still they'd be able to fill a much better team at the, at that point. <laughs> But unfortunately, someone won last week's um, picks, and it was not me. It was oh, Mr. Not. Thompson. So we will not get to hear about how great Henry Clay is again, unfortunately. Tom's going to give his two-minute victory speech, and I'm just going to shut up and listen to him and let him go off on what he wants to talk about. All right. So I'm just going to – just just give me a second here. Um, when you're editing this, 
don't don't take the pause out, but it's me basking in the glory of victory for a second. Um, <laughs> because I had to I had to witness that, you know, face to face last week when you were visiting. So all right, there we go. Um, so anyway, my topic this week um, is going to be uh, about the Warrior Poet Society. Um, it is um, primarily on, on YouTube. Uh, it's run by a man named John Lovell, um, owner and founder. Um, and what it is, it is a value-based community dedicated to the physical protection, the pursuit of truth, and living for a higher purpose. Um, John Lovell is a war veteran and former member of Special Operations, having served in the Army's 2nd Ranger Battalion. With numerous combat tours to both Iraq and Afghanistan, his overseas experience also includes having served as a Christian ministry, excuse me, missionary to Central America. Uh, what he does now is he teaches tactical pistol, rifle, small tactics, one-man room clearing, and a number of other classes around the United States. Um, a family man, and uh, his main priorities are faith, family, fun, and study. And so what the Warrior Poet Society truly is, is the connection between um, protector and teacher. And um, what I think I, I really am trying to embody more from what uh, he has, has talked about in some of his videos. So he, he does a lot about his tactics, things, his, his shooting stuff, and that's all well and good. And, you know, I do watch that stuff. But what I really get a lot more out of are his value-based uh, discussions, his value-based videos where he talks about what it's like to be um, the, you know, a true Christian man, what it, uh, it is like to be a, a father and a provider and a protector and what all those things go into. So what, what I wanted to talk today about was his four P's of fatherhood. And those are um, protector, provider, priest or preacher, and penetrator. And so I'm, I'm going to get into those because I know that, you know, some people are going to hear that last word and, uh, you know, think dirty thoughts. Um, so the, the protector, physical protection over your family and, and providing that, uh, you know, whether that be with, with weapons or security or um, being a, a physical presence around to protect your family in and around and outside of your home. Um, and so he goes into a lot of details of how he does that um, with his um, tactical background. The provider, this can be financially, this can be nutritionally, this can be spiritually um, and emotionally. So it's, it's providing yourself as a resource to your, your um, wife and your kids or your, uh, your spouse and your kids because this doesn't just have to be fatherhood, this is really just parenthood. Um, but then also, as is always needed in day-to-day -day life, a financial providing um, to your family so they can continue to uh, have a healthy um, standard of living. And the, the priest or preacher, he calls it priest, I call it preacher. Um, and this is really getting into the, the spiritual leader in a family. And, and what that is, is um, just going into those, uh, the teaching of the, the Bible, the teaching of, of um, spiritual, um, excuse me, the spiritual uh, relationship with God and, uh, you know, studying the Bible and what it means to, to lead a family and uh, lead others outside of your family um, as a spiritual leader. And so he goes uh, well into that. He has a lot to, to talk about that, especially having a uh, missionary background. And then the final one is the one that I know a lot of people are probably questioning right now is the, the penetrator. And that is diving deep into the issues that may be spiritually based, but are really in the world around us and diving into the issues at 
um, that are around the world that kids probably have a lot of questions on because they don't know what's going on. They can't understand it. And so how to explain to kids and family, um, you know, what's going on in the world, what are issues also emotionally and mentally, if you're, uh, you know, um, mental health is a huge thing and diving deep into being available for your kids and, and, um, getting to the issues. You can't communicate with your, your family if you don't know what the issues are. So penetrating deep into what those issues are is, is what that final P is. And so uh, that's something that, you know, my, my dad always, always did for me was um, be all of those four things. I didn't always recognize it at the, the time, but now that I, I've become a father and need to do those things myself, um, I, I see that that's a, a role model. Uh, my dad was always a role model by providing those things. And now I actually know what those are to actually, you know, really provide um, a definition to what I had witnessed for the first 23 years and, and even now uh, of my life. And so um, that's that's really the Warrior Poets Society and John Lovell um, providing good teaching to to people. So if you want to check them out, it's the Warrior Poets Society on Facebook and YouTube. Well said, sir. You've talked about it before, and I, I think it's an interesting society. All right, and I know you guys are looking forward to Tom's new live stream of Tom's Take. We've done one episode of that, but we haven't done anything else, and we're discussing what to do, when to do it, but we have discussed doing a YouTube live stream, so maybe next time Joe is on, it'll be a live stream on YouTube, and we'll, you'll <laughs> see all our faces. Right, so, um, yeah, we're, we're still figuring out what's going to be the best option going forward. I know that we've tried the, the first live stream. Some people said that they couldn't hear you, Chris, and that's primarily because I had the – the, the mic focused onto the speaker and we were not in the same place. And so we're figuring out how to best remedy that. Um, it, it does look like YouTube could be an opportunity for us and that would, you know, provide us a, you know, a way to grow this channel that we've been doing. Um, so we'll see, we'll, we'll let you know. We may even put a poll out on Facebook to um, help us uh, or post that on Facebook to help us decide, you know, what is going to be a, a good way to move forward with Tom's take. Yeah, and please follow our Facebook page for any updates regarding our show and Tom's live stream, like Tom said. You also can reach out to us at our email account, sportsandmore with ct at gmail.com. That's capital C, capital T. If you have any questions or comments as well, and once again, that's sportsandmore with ct at gmail.com. You can end up like Jawa and be on live on the podcast with us because you emailed us. So think about that, people. Yeah, I think there's a lesson in this for everyone. Um, if you send us an email and we think it's an excellent take on – um, something that we've talked about or something that we haven't even thought about, or if you know, you're just the next person to email us and we, we want to have another guest, you may be able to come on to an episode of the podcast or the live stream with us. So um, you can also go to our anchor page or Spotify or pocket casts or uh, Google podcasts or all the other ones that I don't even know um, to download this episode and any future episodes we create, just search for us sports and more with Chris and Tom. We would, we would like to thank all of, all of you, probably the tens and um, tens of people who listen to our ridiculous ramblings and takes on everything. Next episode's creation date is to be decided, but our next weekly NFL picks should be uploaded before next Thursday night. I know I dropped the ball and did not post it on Facebook until, was that yesterday? Yeah. Or, yeah. No, that was bad. Um, Yesterday was Friday for those who are uh, not paying attention at home. Yeah, that's on me. But the weekly takes will be recorded before the Thursday night games. 
that game of the week. So that's uh, <laughs> keep an eye out for that on our Facebook page. And uh, let me know if I screw up and, and don't get it in time. Um, I can take it. I'm a big boy. Uh, I can take criticism. Uh, but <laughs> please look out on the Facebook page for an update. And until then, um, as always, please stay safe and healthy. Sports and more with Chris and Tom was brought to you by no one. All non-original thoughts and ideas were properly noted in each segment.